1: Well, our Australian-based Socceroos are back in the country and getting ready for A-League action after a fantastic World Cup. One of those is Melbourne City star striker, Jamie McLaren, and he joins us this morning. Morning, Jamie, and uh, most importantly, welcome home.
0: Morning, Jules. Yeah, thanks, mate. It's um, nice to be back. Uh, It's quite cold in Melbourne as opposed to what it was like in Doha, but... Um, yeah, really good to be back and uh, looking forward to starting
1: the season again. Ah, Melbourne's weather. It was 35 degrees that uh, morning you played Argentina. Now it's about uh, 10, so uh, typical Melbourne weather. But uh, just before we get stuck into your experience at the World Cup, how's it feel to be back home now? I mean, you know, rightfully so, the team's been lauded for their performance. But given as a team you had the firm belief you could beat Argentina, you know, you had the chances late in the game to at least send it to extra time. And the quarterfinals are about to get underway in the World Cup in the next couple of days. How does that all sit with you now that you're back home?
0: Yeah, I think once we came through the arrival doors at the airport, it was nice to see quite a bit of fans, I guess, and um, all around the country. I think Woody had a good one at, um, at Adelaide, but to uh, to arrive to, to that with some media, it just shows that we had a decent impact um, back home in our country. and. Um, you know, we, we definitely saw the scenes after every game at, at Fed Square, and us um, boys, especially grew up in Melbourne, um, can resonate with that. So, yeah, it's, it hasn't quite hit home what we achieved. I mean, the most points that Socceroos team has had, most wins. So, you know, everyone referred us to the golden generation, and that we're not good enough and, and all that. But, yeah, we had that inner belief that, you know, we could achieve something. And in the end, um, with a bit of luck, we might have taken the Argentina to extra time. So... Look, we got further than Germany. Um, we got the same places as Spain. So when you talk about countries like that, um, we did all right. So, yeah, pretty happy.
1: How much were you aware of what was going back on back home? I think we all love Graham Arnold's quote after the Denmark game. You know, no celebrations. It's all about recovery. No social media uh, whatsoever. We've still got a job to do. So given all that and the messages from the manager, how aware were you of what was going on back home?
0: No, we were fully aware. I think we, there's obviously a media zone um, when you leave the stadium, so you know we had journalists showing us videos, um, and there were some videos going through our group chat. And, and like I said, we after games you can't sleep, so you've got all the boys in the social rooms having you know coffee and tea and just chatting away about what sort of messages they were receiving from from fans in different states. And um, yeah, you see, I don't know, 40,000 in Melbourne seeing a big screen at Fed Square. It's, Pretty amazing, to be fair. Um, And just now looking back, it's a, you know, hope it's a fork in the road moment where you get fans to to A-League games and and come watch players that played in the the World Cup for Australia play in the A-League. So that's kind of what we want. Um, We've been pushing for that, and we just want our game to grow in this country. And, um, yeah, really looking forward to to seeing how, you know, our success has has come on for this game.
1: I was going to ask you that, Jamie. How do we... I guess, prosper off the back of the momentum of this World Cup. We saw it in 2006. There was huge momentum and the A-League was absolutely flying at that time. H- how do we make sure that happens again and then once it does happen, it, it continues, it doesn't drop away?
0: I think there's a, there's a number of ways, but you know, not every box can be ticked at this point in time. I think what happened maybe back in 2006, there, was, there wasn't a thing called social media, so the only way fans would have interaction with players would be Going to games and maybe meeting them outside the stadium, where you know fans can just click on our pages and see what we're up to on a, on a daily basis. So I think in Australia, anyway, in the A League, I think social media probably has killed the interest and killed the the buzz about it because we're so accessible in that way. But at the same time, you know, you put an atmosphere um, at an A League game, you'll get goals, you'll get exciting games, but. You know, the fans bring the atmosphere, and if they bring that, then us guys on the field will have to repay that, that faith and that, you know, support. So we'd go out there and have a good game and, and try and make it entertaining for them. So it works both ways, and, um, you know, you'll see in you know, us versus Sydney FC or us versus um, Melbourne Victory in the, in the derby, they're always cracking games. They're not average games. So um, we really look forward to, to hopefully building on that and um, you know, making it special for, for a younger generation that want to be, I don't know, next Socceroos or next A-League players.
1: Peter Socceroos and Melbourne City star striker Jamie McLaren. can you take us inside the rooms after that Argentina game? We saw, you know, Jackson Irvine on the pitch sort of broke down in a, an interview he did uh, with SBS. Well, what was the feeling like in the rooms? Given I'm, I'm assuming there was a a sense of pride, but also that sense of disappointment as well. Yeah, and
0: probably just a sense of that's four four and a half years over in that in that sort of how we've been qualifying in that journey, I guess. But, um, look, if we hadn't got slapped 3-0, you probably would look in the dressing room and you'd, you'd probably understand and, and look each other in, the, in, in each other's eyes and say, yeah, fair enough, we gave it a good crack. But to know that you went toe-to-toe and, and the last five minutes, you know, Argentina were sort of on their knees and uh, we had some chances that probably could have equalised and, you know, had it gone to extra time, anything could happen and penalties like, you, like you've seen in the last few, few rounds of the, the quarterfinals. So, yeah, uh what are you saying, mate? We played against one of the best players who's ever played the game, uh, Argentina, who were one of the favourites. Um, they're my favourites uh, to go on and win it now. So, um, yeah, all you can say is you're just proud, and that, all that emotions will probably come out in the next few months. And um, it's probably something you can tell your grandkids in the future that you know you played against Lionel Messi and um, a great Argentina side.
1: What? What was it like playing against Lionel Messi? I guess where you play on the pitch and where he plays, you probably don't come across each other too much, but you can tell in your voice there that it it is something special, and we saw some of the boys get their photos with him, obviously a swapping of the strips uh, as well. Now that a couple of days afterwards, how do you sort of reflect on all of that?
0: Yeah, well, they, they were attacking sort of where our bench was in the first half, and, you know, I was warming up, so... I was able to see him very, very close and, you know, just watch his movement and stuff. And when they don't have the ball, he, he really does nothing. And his, his his teammates really do the work rate right for him because they know that when, once they have the ball, that he's the guy that's going to dig them out. And you saw with their goal, he took the free gig, it came back out, they gave it straight to him. And then he played the one-two. And um, you've seen that a hundred times. He's done that for Barcelona and PSG, where he just rolls in the front post. And it's almost unstoppable. You, just, you think he can stop it, but... He's that good, um, and his placement and his, his composure is, yeah, it's, it's not human in a way. Um, so that's why he's the greatest of all time, and um, he does, you can see he's got a lot of pressure on his back with, you know, there was probably 50,000 Argentinian fans with four, they all had number 10 jerseys, you know, so you can only imagine how the Argentinian players look up to him as well, and um, it was an honor to, to be on the same pitch, I think something that's... Uh, yeah, it hasn't really hit home just yet, but once you see, uh, I've got some good photos of myself shaking his hand. And, awesome. You know, it's, it'll be good to tell people in the future that you come up against the greatest.
1: What was that atmosphere like for that Round of 16 match? Coming through the television back here, it almost sounded like you were playing in Buenos Aires. I mean, the noise coming yeah. from the Argentinians, uh, fair play to the Socceroos fans. They made as much noise as they could, but they were severely outnumbered. What, what was that atmosphere like?
0: Yeah, they, look, they were outnumbered, and um, but I'm sure they were soaking in the, the, the atmosphere as well because, um, yeah, like I said, if, looking at the stadium, all you could see was blue and white stripes. Every single Argentinian fan had these Argentinian jerseys on, and um, you know, and everyone had number ten on. It was, it was um, pretty surreal to see, but you can only imagine what you know Boca Juniors River Plate would be like the atmosphere because those sort of games and those fans—they constantly sing for ninety minutes and. Um, you know, even when the goal goes in, your ears are ringing and vibrating because the noise is just electric. And my parents were at the game, and I'm, uh, I'm buzzing that my dad got to see Messi live because obviously that's one of the things that he wanted to do, and he extended his stay purely just to, to watch Messi and, and maybe his son play against him. So, um, yeah, it was nice. And like I said, the atmosphere brings everything. And if you can get the atmosphere, no matter where it is, whether that's in the A-League or at the World Cup, the atmosphere brings um, a sense of energy on the pitch and, and we'll players like to give it back. So. Um, yeah, it was a great atmosphere. But the Tunisian atmosphere was up there with one of the best, too.
1: You mentioned before, you know, late chances in that game to equalise. It was a bit of a, a lean or messy type run from your teammate as, as it's page. But now that the dust has settled, let's be honest, he should have pulled it back to you, shouldn't he? You were there. <laughs>
0: uh, look, I've, I've had this debate with some people. Some people say it was obvious. Some don't. Um, but that's just you know, defenders going in their blinker mode where they don't really know what's around them. But <laughs> oh, it was a cracking run by Aziz. He actually had a really, really good tournament and um, he probably thought his name was going to be in lights. But, yeah, I mean, hindsight's a beautiful thing. We had probably a number of chances before that. Um, and like I said, the last 10 minutes, uh, you could see the way the Argentinian players were throwing themselves at the at the blocks and the way they jumped on their goalkeeper. When um, when Garang had that shot, it just showed that they knew that we had them up and, and we go on toe-to-toe with them. So that's enough for us to, to know that we can match it with them and um, our energy and, and you know, our work rate was, was really good. And um, Yeah, we can take a lot of pride from that and look back and, and know that um, the younger boys coming through can can really go for the next one.
1: Tell us about Graham Arnold, Jamie. I mean, he's one of these men, one of these coaches, that people are really quick to criticise him but they're really slow to praise him. He's naturally getting a lot of praise for what he's been able to do over the last few weeks. I mean, what's your experience been like with Graham, and, and, and how good was his coaching performance? I guess not only during the World Cup, but during this campaign, given there was not many matches on home soil, there was COVID, there was a lot of things that were thrown not only the team's way, but his way as well.
0: Yeah, I think Arnie's copped a lot of criticism from from a number of outlets and know, four and a half years, like I said, you know, for us as players, has been difficult. I think he, I don't know, maybe spent six to nine months away from, out of Australia, just to be away from his family to, to manage his team. So, and there was periods probably where he probably wanted to leave and um, and he wanted to stay and really try and get us to work up. And at the end of the day, he did that. He did what, you know, other coaches have done for Australia and more. So, you know, who knows what, uh, what the future holds for, for Arnie, but um, you know, he can hold his head high and know that he's led the, the best finish the Australian team's ever had and um, you know he's had the Ollie Roos, so the younger boys have loved working with him for that period of time as well and yeah, I think he's, he's basically just spoke to us players and said that he wants to, to go on holiday, refresh his mind like like he deserves and um, yeah, who knows what the future holds but he, he knows that he's done a very good job and if he doesn't get the credit then he's no he knows he's probably got the respect from, from the playing group and, and the boys that have played under him.
1: Would you like to see him coach on?
0: that's not for me to say. I think it's um, a case of if he wants to stay, then I'm sure the boys and myself would be happy for to see him stick on. But um, he does need a break. I think it's been more emotionally than, than anything else for him. So you want him to, to be happy with what he wants to do. Um, you don't want him to, to take on a role that he's he sort of burnt out. And um, if he does say he's come out and said he's burnt out, then, then that's um, understandably because it's been a, a grueling four and a half years. And... Um, but if he does stay, then he knows all the boys. Um, there might be a few boys in that generation thing that might, um, you know, he might still play. But you know, I'm, I fall into that category where you know I'm 29, maybe 32 um, for the next for the next World Cup. So you don't know. But it's uh, it's going to be an exciting period for, for Australian football. Um, whatever happens, there's no games until March, I believe. So um, there's time for for Arnie to get his head down, refresh his memory and his uh, brain. And if he wants to stay on, then then that will be great. If he doesn't, then you know, I wish him all the
1: best. I was going to ask you that the next World Cup, obviously a long way away, as you say, but I'd imagine after getting a, a taste for it, there must be just a, an unbelievable desire to get at least one more crack at it.
0: Yeah, of course, but uh, let's not also forget it's uh, you saw the Asian teams this um, mm. this World Cup. Uh, Asia's getting stronger, and we as a country need to, to really invest and get stronger as well. And, um yeah, it's not going to be easy. I know there's going to be 48 teams for the next World Cup, but still there's still Asian teams that missed out that are, are still quality sides that we need to beat in these qualifying games. So, yeah, we did well now, but you saw Iran, um, Saudi, Japan, Korea, ourselves um, and there's probably three other Asian teams that can qualify for the next World Cup, but yeah, Asia's getting stronger and um, you know it's not going to get any easier for us and we need to, uh, to make sure our quality high and, um, and we continue to believe in um, a lot of a lot of that fear factor might go away for teams because they know that we'll always be up for it, and um, yeah, it's going to be an exciting
1: few years, and yeah, bring it on. Before I let you go, Jamie, you're straight back into it. You're driving to training as we speak. You got a big game against Sydney FC on the weekend. Is it is it easy to get back into A-League action, or is it you're coming off such a high? Is it is it is it tough to get going again?
0: No, nah, the complete opposite. Um, a lot of boys are. Uh, you know, who play in Europe and stuff are having six weeks off. They're not back until Jan. But for me, I couldn't wait to get back on the plane and um, and get ready for, for the season. You know, I'm on. Um, we're on a great run at the moment. We've not lost a game this season. Uh, we're looking really good. Obviously, our coach has moved on um, and gone, gone to France and we've got Rado Vincic at the helm at the moment. So, look, I don't know what the dynamic is like at training, but I'll head there, head there now and see how all the boys are and um, really look forward to starting this season off, on a personal note, just keep keep scoring goals and um, keep winning games and, and yeah, just follow on the the Melbourne City standard and um, look to win more silverware.
1: I guess, and your coach is gone. It was probably something you probably weren't expecting uh, when you headed over to the World Cup, but uh, it's a great opportunity for Patrick Kisnorbo, but uh, that must feel a little bit different.
0: Yeah, it will. He FaceTimed us three boys when we were um, playing PlayStation in Qatar, so it was it was a bit funny and, you know, with, with PK, you understood that his ambition was to go and um, there was a period in time where you thought, okay, maybe he's going to go at the end of the season. But, you know, football's all about timing and the the, the time to take over Twa was now and um, he's headed over there with Ra- uh, Ralphie. And, um, yeah, we'll see what the dynamic is like in training. It's going it's to be different. It always is when you have a new coach and uh, different ideas and different training. But um, we know as a playing group that it might be... A little bit player driven, which we've got a lot of experience. Obviously, our captain, um, you know, you got, you got Matthew Lecky, myself, Andy Nabu, and, and guys who have played for for the national team. That um, you know, we need to keep that standard, whether whoever who takes the helm. That you know, this has been a lot of know up for the last couple of years, so we know how to win games. And um, yeah, I just look forward to, to getting underway. And there's a big Melbourne derby uh, next weekend, also.
1: Well, Jamie, thanks so much for your time this morning. And and well done again. I'm glad the team got a sense for what it meant back in Australia and particularly for you guys that grew up in Melbourne. Fed Square, 20,000 at Amy Park at at 5 o'clock on a a Sunday morning. I'm I'm glad you got a sense of that. Well done and uh, good luck when the A-League season resumes on the weekend. Thank you very much, Jules.